welcome to the It's Called Vitiligo podcast. This podcast is affiliated with the It's Called Vitiligo Women's Group, a new chapter of Vit Friends, sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. My name is Tiffany Grant, and I have had vitiligo since I was seven years old. I have struggled with my vitiligo for many years through childhood, adulthood, and now motherhood. I've been able to find comfort in having vitiligo by speaking out and connecting with others. On this show, we're going to talk about everything and anything vitiligo, from growing up with vitiligo to dating to treatment, and oh, that one time I got a tattoo that says it's called vitiligo. We'll also connect globally with other women living with vitiligo. My hope is that after each show, you will walk away feeling a bit more connected and inspired. Don't forget to join Vit Friends, a national vitiligo support group that encourages, educates, and empowers us all there is to know about our autoimmune disease. You can find more information at vitfriends.org, support at vitfriends.org, or you can call 844-374-3639. Hi, everybody. It's Tiffany Grant, and this is the It's Called Vitiligo podcast. Today, we are going to speak about coping with vitiligo. I think the first question that we should cover is, what does it mean to cope? And to cope, it means to deal effectively with something that is difficult. And for some of us, getting your first white spot can be very difficult and very challenging and trying. However, for others, it may not be that big of a deal, and that's okay. But for those of us who would like some more tools in our toolbox to figure out the best way to deal with these feelings, then I, I believe this may be a podcast for you. The show is to acknowledge that the change of appearance by vitiligo can really affect your emotional and psychological well-being. You may have feelings of anxiety. You may feel embarrassed. You may feel alone and stressed and depressed and ashamed. And this all comes with your first or second or third vitiligo patch or the spreading of a patch that may have been very small and now is spreading to other areas of your body. I got my first patch on my knee when I was seven years old. I did not have any coping strategies. I did not understand what the white spot was. The doctors I visited did not understand what the white spots were. My family didn't understand what the white spots were. There were no tools, useful tools on the internet that, I, that I'm aware of. I mean, I was very young, so I didn't even consider looking it up for many years. Um, I didn't know anybody with vitiligo, no family members, no friends. So I was alone. I didn't realize how much it had affected me until I was probably in my 20s. And I looked back and and realized that it literally controlled so many decisions in my life. It controlled all of my thoughts and from where I was going and who I'd go with and what I'd be doing and what I'd be wearing and how I'd wear it and and, and that's a lot on your shoulders. So I, I think that the one of the most important things you can do, whether it's 
you living with vitiligo or a family member living with vitiligo or a friend is to learn as much as you as you can. I wasn't, I didn't do that. I did not educate myself. I acknowledged it was there. And then we all went about our day. I have no idea what was going through my parents' minds at the time, but my family continued to treat me as a child, as a normal child, which I was. Um, but over time, my white spots spread, and I didn't know how to explain that to people. I didn't know the name of the condition for many years. We did know that I had to put sunscreen on to protect myself when I went outside living in Florida. So I think having deep understanding of what vitiligo is, is very important. It, and even just the basics to, to start with, just understanding the autoimmune condition and that due to the lack of melanin, your white patches will appear on your skin. And that's it. So I think that one of the most important things is also being able to educate others. If you have the knowledge and the education, you can raise awareness uh, to people who, who don't have any understanding of what it is. I mean, some people go through life and they've never seen vitiligo and they've never had to had any experience so they may have a lot of questions they may may have a lot of fears around it they a lot of assumptions um you know human beings are prone to fearing what they don't understand and this may come from their own insecurities but they will make their own assumptions about your skin so have you ever experienced the person who didn't want to sit next to you on a train because they thought your white spots were contagious? I have. I experienced that when I moved to New York and I decided to show off the vitiligo on my arms during the summer. And I was standing on the train holding the rail and a guy caught I, I, you know, I watched for people's reactions and, and make eye contact with them. And he caught the white spots on my arms um, from the side of his, from the side of his, uh, wherever he was positioned. And he, I sat down because the seat opened up and I sat down next to him and he got up and he walked across the train to stand instead. And he whispered something and he pointed and I felt like curling up in a little tiny ball um, because I was terrified. I was humiliated. Um, I don't, and I'm sure no one else, and it probably didn't even cross anybody else's mind. Um, so it was a lot of my own insecurities seeping in. Um, but so I, I really wish in that moment I would have been able to I had the courage and the tools to explain to him, this is vitiligo. There are different types of vitiligo. People can have 
non-segmental vitiligo, which are symmetrical patches that appear. I have that. I have non-segmental. People can have segmental vitiligo, where white patches are on one area of your body. And then there's also universal vitiligo, which is I know many people with, and that's when you have no pigment left on your body. But this is not caused by an infection, and it's not caused by a rash, and it does not hurt for the most part if you don't have sunburn on it. Um, that you will not get it from me. And that, you know, the, I, the stares and the comments can really hurt somebody. So, education. Understanding what it is, what you have, why you have it, and being able to communicate that with others. I think it, that is the number one key. Because if you understand what it is, bringing that awareness to people who don't, that's like one more person that you, that you let in about what vitiligo is, who can then one day, maybe, who's off with a friend, and they see another person with vitiligo, and the friend's like, what is that? Then they can say, well, this is vitiligo, and it is not contagious, and, it's, and, and, and they can go have a, an explanation for that friend. And then maybe that friend one day can see somebody else with vitiligo and have an explanation for that. And so the more people see it, the more people have an understanding, the more we understand it, the more we're not hiding it, it, it can really, really make a difference. Um, it's not so shocking. I think another really key point to coping with your vitiligo and the stress and the anxiety is taking charge of your health. And I mean, that can mean so many different things. That can mean taking care of yourself, you know, eating well, um, talking to others, recognizing when you need help. I mean, that, that can mean so many different things. But I think that when getting, when you, you find out you have vitiligo and you want the diagnosis or you want to speak to somebody about it, it is so important to find doctors who are knowledgeable about vitiligo or dermatologists who are knowledgeable about, about vitiligo. And because it's your skin and a dermatologist, you would assume that they would have all of the information that when you would go to just any dermatologist, they would have the most recent research and studies and data and information and treatment options. But that is not always the case. Now, I have not been to a dermatologist or a doctor in regards to my vitiligo since I was seven or eight years old. I have only gone twice. And I only remember one experience. Uh, my mother brought me to see a dermatologist about my first patches. And the dermatologist told my mom that it was a rash. And I remember the dermatologist giving her some ointment, a little tiny tube of ointment, to apply to the patches. And then that would take care of everything. And so we went home, we applied the, pat uh, the ointment, and what do you know? Uh, my vitiligo continued to spread, and it wasn't a rash. My mother said she took me back a second time, and I 
do not have any memory of what occurred at that session. But I, I do know that n- nobody put a name to the condition. I, I do know that nobody gave us any options. I, I am pretty sure that it was, there's no cure. Go about your day. And that's not enough. <laughs> and that's not okay because some people leave the, the doctor's office feeling very hopeless and discouraged and confused. Um, you know, and even when you go to the internet to look things up, it's not always pretty when you type in things like vitiligo. And that, that can be a very scary feeling. And that can be very challenging to cope with. So taking charge of your health and finding doctors who are knowledgeable about vitiligo, whether, whether that's a pediatric doctor, I mean, they have, there are specific dermatologists who specialize in the field about vitiligo. Um, so I, and I, and I promise you that they exist. I have met a fantastic group of doctors that live and work all across the world. And they are incredible human beings who dedicate their lives to people with vitiligo and to helping people with vitiligo, their mental health, their, their physical well-being, treatments, um, coping. I mean, there just, there's so many options available. So I think it's kind of like the saying when you go to see a therapist and the first one doesn't work and then you give up and you don't go speak to anyone. I think the same thing is you have to find the person that, that fits for you. So you find one you can, that you don't, you don't really click with, or you, they don't really have an understanding of the LIGO and you don't like what you're hearing. Then, then look for another and, and they are up there. Um, I think it's just as important whether you do this alone or with a doctor to research your treatment options, if that is the route that interests you. You know, just because you have vitiligo doesn't mean you need to get treatment. I have never gotten any kind of treatment. It is okay to get treatment and it is okay not to get treatment. Um, It's whatever decision that you feel is best for you. But it doesn't hurt, again, to educate yourself on the options that are out there, on the science that's out there, the new data that comes out, the statistics. I mean, these are all really, really great things to have in your your toolbox. Um, And then you can never go wrong with communicating your feelings. A lot of us are programmed by society to, to not speak about our feelings and not be vulnerable and not really let people in um, to feel the rawness of, of what's going on. And that is so incredibly important for us to do. We need to communicate our feelings. And this can be with your family or a friend or a therapist or a counselor or a community worker. I mean, there's someone that you have a rapport with or someone that you can confide in or someone that will be empathetic and will just really hear you um, and see you 
and, and, and be there for you. I did not communicate my feelings. Actually, I very much lied about my feelings for a long time because I was so afraid about what people would think about me if I felt a certain way about myself. And that's not a very healthy way to live. Um, so, if, for example, if somebody would say, oh, has anybody ever had anything bad to say about your vitiligo? Or did you ever get made fun of? Or um, does it bother you? I I would say, oh, no, no one's no one's ever made fun of my vitiligo. No one's, you know, no one's ever bullied me. I've, I've like, had a really good experience with it. Yet here I am covering it up every single day, you know, terrified to walk around without spray tans and, and makeup covering it. And um, But I would say these things because I felt like if I said, if I admitted to somebody that I was being bullied or, or these comments were made, then it would scare them into not liking me oh, if somebody else made these comments about her, then maybe, maybe I should be thinking these things too. And I mean, this is, this is definitely my own deep rooted fear that I projected onto other people because I mean, honestly, if they were the kind of people I wanted in my life, they would have been like, okay, that's, that's just a little And I've had that happen where, where like even my husband now, and I explained to him, what it was because I was terrified. I didn't, I didn't, I met my husband online dating and I didn't explain to him on my online profile what vitiligo was. I didn't say I had vitiligo. I hid my vitiligo until our second date. And then I had to work up the courage to tell him about it. And maybe this is for another podcast about dating, but, um, and he just looked at me. He's like, I know what vitiligo is. And this wave of relief when somebody says that, and it's just, okay. <laughs> and, and that felt really good, but with him, I was able to communicate how I really felt, how I felt so alone and misunderstood. And that is, is very hard, especially when you already are going through so much in your, your teenage years, trying to figure out in your early twenties, like who you are and who you want to like you and, and what you want to like and what you want to look like and how you want to dress and oh pimples on my face oh oh no um so I, I wish that I had communicated my feelings more with the people around me I wish I didn't brush it off to my family I wish I spoke to them more openly about it and didn't pretend like it didn't exist because it did and it was always on my mind always so I mean communicating your feelings say you're not the one with vitiligo and you're listening to this podcast for someone who has vitiligo, checking in with them. I think that's also just as important. I mean, and then finding support. I can't say this enough. You are not alone. I didn't know anybody with vitiligo for the first 20 four years of my life. Like, nobody. I think I saw, I saw maybe two people with it. 
never had a conversation with them about vitiligo that I can recall. And it wasn't until I met a woman, which I've mentioned before, in Ikea, and she changed my world because I approached her and she told me about a support group. And I reached out to the leader of the support group, and now I'm a part of this massive vitiligo community that I did not know existed for most of my life. I am not alone. You are not alone. There is so much support. There are global vitiligo communities, local, online, in-person, support groups. I mean, I co-lead one in New York City, which is a part of a national one in in America. I mean, it, which there are, you know, branches in Minnesota and, I mean, like, Florida, and I mean, the, the, it's endless, and you can find this all online. Um, I can also link it to this as well. But there are blogs, vitiligo blogs. I mean, vitiligo radio shows, and there are interviews, and, and photos, like new photos coming out. There's a whole community on Facebook and Instagram, and so be open to these communities. And I, I promise you, they will accept you with open arms. The first day that I went, there's something called a World Vitiligo Day conference. Um, So two things in that sentence blew my mind when I found out. One, a World Vitiligo Day and a conference that surrounds that. And the conference that I went to was in Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill. It was the first time that I was going to a really big group with people vitiligo. And I walk into the hotel and I'm very nervous. I was with my friend. And this one guy comes up and he's like, oh, hey, sister. And we started talking and he's like, what? And I was kind of expressing that I was nervous. And he's like, oh, you're a part of the family now. And that's how I felt ever since. That it is a family. There is a community out there people with vitiligo, living with vitiligo, family members with vitiligo, and it is a big family. So please do your research, educate yourself, help educate others, take charge of your health, you know, look for doctors who specialize in vitiligo, research your options, find support, Communicate your feelings and know that you are not alone. That there is somebody else with your experience going through a very similar thing with very similar feelings. And and you can have that support. And it can change your world. And it it changed mine. Um, So I hope you enjoyed this podcast this show about coping with vitiligo. Very important topic. I hope to maybe loop back around to this more depth, but um, have a great day.